This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bus stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bus, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash peacefor24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 450 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, April 27th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, how's it going? Pretty good. I'm you know, I'm stressed out with the, the different jobs and all that stuff going on. But yesterday, I was good at hoops. I That's slept good. well last night. That's going good. out on the town tomorrow night. Feeling pretty good. And uh, baseball's interesting, at least. I mean, there's 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 stuff going on. There's... There's some yelling. I don't like all the yelling. There's always yelling in every baseball season. <laughs> but um, there's it, always it, arguments. There's always arguments. But uh, you know, 
It's uh, I like I like I like to watch baseball. I we're, like baseball. We're kind of I I I think we're I think we're in it now, right? I I think it's fully ramped up. Day games are down to Wednesday and Thursdays only, um, and the occasional Wrigley game on Friday. Like we're in the midst of it already. You can start talking about uh, you know statistically things still have to kind of settle a little bit, but. Slow starts are really, you know, starting to be slow starts. Fast starts are starting to have a little, little something behind them um, on a general level. So I, I don't know. I think we're in it. We're about to turn the calendar over to May. I couldn't be happier. It is crazy to me how much faster the weeks go during baseball season, though. It's true. It is unbelievable. Well, partially because we have our our different. Um, what do you say are different like the the way the things you have to do for the routine that's true you know you have your routine so like monday you have to have this piece up tuesday yeah. you have to do this wednesday you have to do this podcast thursday you know it's like so when if you do all those things in order all of a sudden you know it's the end of the week but and then boom it's thursday it does occur to me that way you were talking about fast starts and stuff people who listen to the podcast will know that we have certain stats we talk about earlier and the, the, there are things we go into but somebody asked in the chat i thought you know, hey, why don't I just, you know, say really quickly so that people know the mm-hmm. kind of things that I look at early? Because especially because at about a month in, like a lot of these stats become what we call stable, which doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to predict a lot, but they become more predictable than, you know, a stat that's meaningless. You know, it, yeah, it means it means what we've seen had had some viability to it and and could be can be now factored into the equation going forward. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. It means that. I mean, literally, it means that if you made a projection on that stat, you would have to include what they did before uh, in order to improve the projection going forward. That it improves the projection going forward to know what they did before. So uh, what I know is that I look at uh, contact rates for hitters and pitchers. Let me just do pitchers real quick. I do contact rate, but then I do velocity because that, that, that becomes meaningful really quickly. And I look at pitch mix. Uh, because I, th- I think that's a really big deal for pitchers. So Yeah, especially to see what sort of changes we're dealing with. Right. So velocity, pitch mix, and then we look at movement. That's a little bit difficult to do, but you know, it's still you can still look at changes in movement. Um, and then uh, contact rate is the first thing that I'll look at. Maybe strikeout rate. That's that's kind of comes from contact rate. But contact rate is per pitch, so I like that better. Swinging strike rate, I like that better than uh, strikeout rate, which is per at bat. And then for hitters, I look at similar things. I look at contact rate. I look at strikeout rate. But uh, I'll look at ground ball, fly ball mix right around now. It's starting to become meaningful. Mm-hmm. And ground ball, fly ball mix can give you a good sense of which power problems are real or which exactly. power breakouts are real. Because if a guy has the same ground ball, fly ball mix he's ever had and has, you know, six or seven homers in like a, you know, like a 30 home run per five ball percentage or something, right? That just doesn't seem like oh he's hit the, he's hitting the same amount of fly balls why would they all of a sudden all turn into home runs so it's probably on his hot streak right yeah and, exactly it's a guy who you kind of know a little bit about and, and and for me I'm gonna I'm gonna just use a guy here oh wait I'm gonna I can't pull an Eno and and jump the uh, never mind because <laughs> we'll we're gonna talk to some we'll fast starts and we'll we've got we got hitters and pitchers last week we talked about some early strugglers and said hey where are you at on these guys are you worried this that and the other um, th- this one might be a little bit more interesting to people because these are the guys that in some leagues they're even going to be still available in 10 teamers and maybe some 12 teamers they're the guys that you're deciding ooh do I sell now um, there are some veteran guys who are like ooh is he back and so the things that you're talking about 
notice that a lot of the stuff you've said is pretty basic. Strikeouts, walks, batted ball, velocity. It's not, you know, you're not diving into the WOBA against righties on Tuesdays to see, first off, something like that would obviously have the, the tiniest sample. But, it, right. you know, we are fan graphs. It, it doesn't always have to be intimidating statistics to figure out what's going on. And I, I just want people to understand with the stuff that you're saying, this is some of the most basic fundamentals of skills. And, and that's what you look at right now to see if things are actually changing positive, negative, or just holding. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I got a leading off question for you before we get into a few transactions, uh, injury issues, and then, uh, and then the fast starts. This one is going to be fun this weekend for a lot of leagues that, uh, that have him available. Cody Bellinger's up in for Jock Peterson right now. And we talked about it that it wouldn't necessarily don't, – don't just stay focused on Adrian Gonzalez and what he's doing as a way to get Bellinger up. This dude, despite being a first-base prospect, he's a unique sort of one because he's super athletic. He's not at first base because he can't play anywhere. He could actually hold all three uh, outfield positions. So Jock Peterson hits the 10-day. Cody Bellinger's up. I know that you're preaching a little bit of caution of, hey, maybe it's just two weeks. But we do know that the upside is massive. This dude's power swing is so filthy. We get to see him in the Arizona Fall League. The, the, the swings he takes when he makes contact, it is, it's devastating. Off to another great start um, in, in AAA this year. Five homers, seven stolen bases, by the way. Uh, with a 343, 429, 627 triple slash. He was just killing AAA after uh, he only played there three games last year. So this is kind of his first real taste of AAA. Cody Bellinger. What kind of fab percentage are you spending in 10 and 12 team? Because I think in 15 team, he was already drafted and held. Yeah, he's, 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 people have noticed him really, I think, in the AFL, and he started getting on the prospect list. So he's not necessarily surprising a lot of people, mm-hmm. in other than the, the track, the timeline. He, he, you know, he kind of was an A ball in 2015, and now he's, now he's in the pros. So, you know, that, that's been exciting. And we and I think like him a lot. I talked to him the other day when he was here in San Francisco, and I Why said, are "You cool?" I, I said, "You swing really friggin' hard." <laughs> I was like, like "You I do not get so, cheated." Too. And no, he said, "He no, said he, uh, he said, yeah, been that way my whole life." So when he was, I saw him in the clubhouse the other day, and I was talking to him, and I said, "You know, you swing really friggin' hard. Like you never get cheated." And he said, yeah, you know, I, I, I've been this way my whole life. And he said that the, the gains he's made in strikeout rate, they're not about, you know, choking up on two strikes or having a two-strike approach or anything. It was kind of the kind of stuff that we talked about with Clint Frazier where you're not going to necessarily improve your, your hand to, hand-eye coordination or your bat-to-ball abilities. You're going to improve your ability to anticipate. And I said, you, you have a better idea of what they're trying to do to you. And he, he mm-hmm. thought that was about right. So I think that that might mean that when he gets up here, he's going to have, like right now, he has a 17% swinging strike rate. He might have more strikeouts than we expect right away. I think he'll settle in at about 25% in his peak years. And in those years, he can have a 275 to 280 average. But he may start out with a kind of 230, 250 type average is, with the 30 strikeouts early on. Is he pretty comparable to Jock Peterson then coming up? Yeah, I think so. And I think that the, that speed may even, you know, the fact that he hasn't had a lot of stolen bases, he's also had a lot of homers. So he's, you know, not on first base a lot. And then yeah. 
Also, you know, that's not expected of him. If you watch him play, we watched him at first. We said, that's nifty That's nifty footwork. This is a, a, a guy that has some athleticism. That's why we think he can play in the outfield. He's played some center in, in, the, in the minor leagues. But the reason that I'm skeptical beyond just the fact that I think he'll strike out a little bit at the, at the beginning, I like him. I love him long term. The reason, other reason is, and this is a thing that you have to look at when you're looking at these stats, early season stats, depth chart. So I like Andrew Tolles. I like Yasiel Puig. I mm-hmm. like Jock Peterson. That's two lefties and a righty. And I doubt, I really doubt that they're going to fully platoon Yasiel Puig to have Cody Bellinger up. So it's yeah, really, I don't, I don't think it's so just as long one. as, yeah, I think it's just as long as Jock Peterson is out. That's basically okay. why he'll be up here. And I think he'll even go down because they'll say, you know, um, well, they need they need regular at bats for Cody Bellinger. That's exactly. not a situation where you keep him on the bench, even you know with the idea. Okay, you, you could impact, right? We we know he could impact as a bench player, but it's a waste, and yeah. it's a waste on his development. There's just no reason to do it. So if he doesn't stick, and and you're making the case for why it to, it's totally understandable. It's fun to get hyped on 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 the next big thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm very excited. This is one of my favorite prospects after seeing him. In, uh, in in Arizona Fall League, but I think you might be right that you know even though there is that high end potential uh, to maybe get for five months, I just don't know that the five months are going to be there. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer. So ten and twelve team, uh, let's say five reserves. So you're kind of on the border of maybe you could keep him if he gets sent down. What would you spend on Cody Bellinger? Like three percent, I mean, you know, I just don't think that it's. I think it's um, interesting in the short term. Maybe so you put a keep him honest bid and and let everyone else go ham for him, right? Is what you're saying? I think so. I think because so. I don't think you're, because... obviously you're not going to get him. I don't think because people are going to see the name and they're they're not really going to do the analysis of saying, well, he's probably not up for good. It just it just doesn't fit, right? It, I want him to be, but the names that you just met, it just doesn't fit. Why would he be better than Andrew Tolls right now? I'm not saying he won't be in the future, right. but but as a finished product, or, or also close like to- you know, it's a little bit of a stretch to play him in center. So let's say you thought, well, I'm you know, Jock's not really doing that much of the play, and I, I have feelings about Jock. Well, you know, then you're playing Andrew Tolls in center, exactly, and Who you're stretching him. A, yeah, but you're stretching him a little bit. And then, like, you're kind of playing that no true center fielder outfield. Now, you've got Bellinger, Tolls, and Puig. I mean, Puig's pretty good defensively, but the, between the three of them, you don't really – I wouldn't say that you had a plus center fielder. So I, I, don't, I doubt the team runs out Bellinger, Tolls, and Puig and has Jock as a bench piece. I think it's a little bit early on that one too. So, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. I think 3%, you know, if, if, if he falls between the cracks and you get him, then that's fine. If you pay a lot more than that, then you're going to want to keep him on your bench. And then all of a sudden, in this year especially, think about this too. We have to we have to think on the fly right now. Fantasy baseball is changing in front of our eyes. The DL is changing oh, fantasy baseball. It's crazy. And we are all thinking about dropping players we never thought we'd drop. Right now, Carlos Rodon is laughing at me. In so many leagues where I'm just like, I do not know what to do with you. And he's going out on the field and playing catch. And I do not know what that means. And I have five guys on my bench that are on the DL. 
and this 10-day DL is making it very difficult, and we need to add more DL slots in all of our leagues because the league is doing the same thing where they're just they're filling up their DL. So if you, let's say you get Clay, you get uh, Clay Bellinger, you get Cody Bellinger, you get Clay Bellinger's son, and he goes he goes back down, but you say, oh, I want to hold on to him because maybe he hit five homers in the, in two weeks or whatever. You, you know, maybe he had a, a, a good run. You're holding on to him, and then your other guys get hurt, and now your bench is all hurt and and Bellinger, and you're just that's like, the thing. It, it comes at, at you so again. fast. Yeah, that you'll get three injuries before you know it because they're just quicker to put them on for the ten day. Yeah, and uh, it, it's going to be tough. So I agree with you on that end of with with Bellinger. Yeah, he's he's just probably not going to be up for the long term right now. And so if you do spend that money, it's a, it's, a, it's a spent resource, and then you're going to have to try to justify keeping him, and you're going to be making decisions, and you're going to be cutting hurt established guys just to just to defend your Bellinger bid. So I think you might be right to just kind of not sit it out. Go ahead, put a, keep him on his bid, maybe even as high as you know 5 6 7%. That's, that's still pretty low. Um, but I, I'm not sure I would get double digits in your 10 and 12 team mixers think you're just uh you're just wasting some money there so just be careful with it keep an eye out for the future i think there'll be a chance eventually uh for, for bellinger to come up and, and stick but he needs more time in triple a anyway so uh all right let's go ahead and move on we got three injuries to talk about here do you have any long-term concerns about jose altuve after the collision with the oscar hernandez man he really took the, took the brunt of that i haven't heard anything with regards to concussion but it certainly looked like concussion, and those things can linger uh, throughout throughout a given season. And I don't know, I'm 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 a tinge concerned about Altuve. What do you think? Well, they did run the, the concussion protocol on him. Oh yeah, okay. He he was cleared of it after the uh, uh, in in the protocol. I see that. Yeah, and and uh, and but you know also hit his shoulder. And uh, the shoulder is pretty key for for power. So, I mean, if you want to revise him down a couple of ticks, that would be going with the way regression would be going anyway. Instead of expecting 24 homers from him this year, you know, projections say proje- you know expect about 18. Um, but you know, he's stolen seven bases and hasn't been caught. It's one month, so he's looking like he's going to steal these 30 bags. And what you really want out of him is that 300 batting average. 30 bags and you know 12 plus homers i think i doubt there's a lot of people who wanted to 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 pay for you know 25 homers this year yeah so with the scarcity of steals the fact that he will actually give you a representative number of homers and the way batting average is going right now i think he's probably going to be okay okay so don't freak out too much about uh, about Jose Altuve. That's good. I don't even have him anywhere, so so my concern, I guess, is a little bit hollow. I just, it, it, man, he took the brunt of it. And we always talk about his size, of course, and that's something where you can really, you know, understand how the size comes into play. Because Teoscar Hernandez, um, I don't think he's necessarily huge, but he looked like a mammoth compared to uh, compared to Altuve. Yeah, six two one ninety eight. Mm-hmm. That's that's no that's no punk uh, bumping into five six. 164 and man he just took the brunt of it so he's out right now day to day but but you're, you're thinking it'll be all right and especially because the one thing that could get hurt is the power and like you said that's not 
the game changer that you're that you're trying to get. If you get your steals and your average, you're good. The power's kind of gravy. All right, Felix Hernandez goes to the DL with a shoulder. Uh, he gotten off to a decent start with his first couple starts, then had a six innings, four earned, and then a two inning four earned. That was the last one against the Tigers. They unloaded on him and then and then sent him to the DL there. Uh, I got shoulder reading here, but then I heard dead arm as well. So I don't really know. Um, is this it for for Felix? I mean, is is he done as as you know a big name pitcher in baseball? Yeah, I think he's and in fantasy. I'd give him you know sort of a three four designation, a guy who might run into a good set of starts when he's feeling good. He's obviously not feeling good, but if he's feeling good. And he's got that, you know, 1.6, you know, walks per nine sort of situation. Then he can, you know, give up maybe a homer plus per, per game um, mm-hmm. and not have the great strikeout rates and be kind of um, – there are plenty of pitchers who have made it work with sort of that seven strikeouts, one and a half walks per nine kind of line, you know. But it's not the kind of line that usually leads to, you know, like a two and a half ERA or some, anything, you know. It's not – he's not going to be a stud anymore. I mean, you could maybe acquire him if you were in a win-now phase and it, it you were giving up, you know, like a really, like a, a faraway prospect that wasn't a big deal, like a, 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 you know, top 75 type prospect. And, you know, you're in a dynasty league and you just need, you know, more innings or, you know, you know you want a guy, have a guy down the stretch. That's about the best I'd do right now. I, I don't even think I'd buy low in like a 12-teamer or any of those. I don't think I don't. so either. I just don't no. see it with Felix right now. Yeah, uh, the velocity isn't there. There's no real strikeout uptick. The one, the one uh, aspect of his game that is improved from last year is the walk rate, and it's down to three percent. But I, I think he might even just be catching too much of the zone. You know, it's it almost feels like a CC thing. Remember when he was having you know the good mm-hmm. strikeout to walk ratios, and it's like, well, maybe you should walk more guys because you got a two point homer per nine yeah and uh, that doesn't work either in a 388 babbit because you're just laying it in there getting wrecked so yeah i mean the name value obviously if you sell now you're selling low but i'm not so sure that i wouldn't still entertain it um and and see if somebody wants to buy low with the name because even the buy low might be better than what you can get after he comes back and throws a few more starts right that you're selling out before it really really bottoms out because i just I don't know. I just don't see it. It's it's unfortunate. I'd love for him to reinvent himself and, and end up having another flourish, but uh, I I just don't see it. All right, Devin Mezzarocco's activated off the DL. I think this actually is 712th DL activation, so congrats to him. That's a big number. <laughs> I think it's the uh, – uh, it's a couple behind the MLB record, but um, it, it, he's getting there. I think he'll set the record this year. I was trying to think of somebody who's always hurt that would have been a better one I could, to really complete that joke, but I couldn't, so I failed. Um, but Devin Mezzarocco, do you have any hope? And the reason I ask mainly, because catcher is such a freaking wasteland that it really wouldn't even be hard for him to have an impact, but do you, do you think there's a chance for Devin Mezzarocco to uh, get back anywhere near where that, what was it, 15? Or was it 14 now? It was 15, right? The big, the big breakout season. Was 14. it 14? Well, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, 13, it was 14. Yeah, no, was you're 14. right. Yeah. And it was, that's it, really. Yes. That if you, is if you literally take a, it. If you take away that, he's a 200 hitter with a 120 ISO. 
was really one spike season. It was a great season. And I'm not even sure that, like, it's the talent level that makes him that 200, 120 guy. It's it, the injuries. They're just, they yeah, just yeah. decimated him, and, they, and he hasn't been able to do anything else. But healthy now. You, I, you taking a shot on Devin Mazzarocco in all formats, any format? It's a little late now. What I, what I would have done, what I have done in some of my deeper leagues in my 18-team dynasty is I have him on my DL. And I and I and I'm happy to have him there, and I'm not going to activate him in the short term because even the 55 at bats he had in Double A, he didn't really show much power. And you know, it is it is nice. He he does have good plate discipline, and he does have the ability to make contact, but he hasn't shown the power now since 2014, and he's been injured the whole time since. And some of those injuries are going to hurt his power, so I don't know that I, I don't know that I'm buying before I see anything for sure. Yeah, I just I don't. I'm 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 all I'm all good. Um, God, I'm not all good on the Tigers. Jesus, I can't die. Okay, Rod, you're bad at pitching. Okay, that's your primary job, and you're bad at it, and you and you drive me nuts. Go away, please. Justin Wilson time. And Taylor Motter's hair sucks, okay? I don't want to hear it, Seattle fans. Don't even at me. It's stupid hair, and it should be cut, okay? And give it to somebody who needs hair. All right, you know, rant over. Sorry, I'm angry. I'm angry right now. All right, you know, let's shift over to some fast starts. Let's, let's talk some positivity here after the Tigers did their thing. K-Rod. More like mm. L-Rod, am I right? Anyway, uh, we got hitters. No way. Did he just blow it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's over. Came in a one-one game and, oh, and blew it. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Because Justin Wilson was hot fire in the eighth. Dude, he needs to be the closer. He needs. To I be think the that is the number one situation right Correct. now. Is there another situation right now that that is is on fire like that? I don't think so. I really don't. No, it's, I don't think so, Tim. It's K Rod and what? What are the other? What are the other ones? Real quick, let's do. People like closers. Um, let's do that real quick. What are the other situations? The ones that are like, I don't even know if there are any that are like really open right now because it looks like Sean Kelly, especially with Coda Glover getting hurt, looks like he's got a lock on that. There's just nobody to take Fernando Rodney's job, so that doesn't matter. Archie Bradley, but Well, yeah, they did say he's staying in the bullpen, so keep an eye on him. They did say he's staying in the bullpen even though he's hurt. So Archie Bradley, that's my second favorite because the team is better than they expected to be. Yo, so I'm I'm a little... uh, I'm a little hyped on Bud Norris, dude. I've been calling yeah, for Bud Norris to be a reliever for like 10 years, and I think his career is only like nine years, so that tells you where I've been with him. <laughs> um, Even when he was a prospect. Yeah, I was like, nah, reliever. No, I, I, I've, <laughs> I've always thought, like, this guy's talented, like, but it's not quite working. It was always that second, third time through. Like, he was just always a – uh, a stamina guy. He just he didn't have enough pitches. It wasn't even necessarily stamina. It was just the deeper he got into the game, he just couldn't fool him any longer. And so I'm surprised it's taken this long for him to be a reliever. He might have a second act here as a, as a closer, uh, spiking a 12% swinging strike rate, which is a career best. 30% strikeout rate, which is easily a career best. Walk rate's pretty much the same. Uh, in that eight nine percent range, which is is passable for a closer. I don't know, man. With the with Bedrosian's health or or complete and utter lack thereof, Andrew Bailey. Like, I think it's so bad that one of the charts I saw the other day, Houston Street wasn't even listed on it. So he's <laughs> did his status change further to where they're just like, nah, never mind on him. So I I, I, I kind of <laughs> dig him, but I would go I would go Not Wilson possible. 
I, I like Blake Parker, though. Blake Parker's added some velocity. And it's funny because going into the season, I said, you know, I like all these predictions that say the Angels are going to be good, but what about that pen? Well, you know, David Hernandez now is interesting. They had some depth that I didn't realize because I was like, well, Bedrosian and, and Baylor are going to be hurt, and they got hurt. And then the guys that they picked up ended up being pretty Yeah, that was good, the only so. spot they had depth, too. Because I actually thought that they were a halfway decent team as well. But it's really their 25-man. If they start losing guys on the offense or in the rotation, they just don't have backups. Like the bullpen, like you said, has been able to find some guys. But elsewhere, that team that team is struggling. So um, I'm interested to see if, if Norris, as he you know fills fills in as he grows into his role as a reliever if we start seeing some velocity boost i mean it may not happen right away or may they may you know may have to take some rest or maybe it'll happen next year if he's a reliever again but you know it is kind of interesting to see him go from 93 to 93 because yeah, he used to he even used though to he spike was mid 90s even when he was a starter right. so if but you know just throwing away the the third pitches that he was always fooling yeah. around with I think makes him a better pitcher. Just just pitching one inning makes him a better pitcher. So yeah, I I, I think Norris was uh, was a good pickup if you got him. He's gone now. So the best situations now that we can just gloss over real quick are I think Justin Wilson is going to be the closer sooner rather yes. than later. And I don't even think I think Jimenez. They've been so kid glove with him that I don't even think that Jimenez is necessarily not yet. Joe Jimenez is who you're talking yeah. about. One of our one of the prospects yeah. for the Tigers can pop a hundred. Um, has the stuff to maybe be the guy, but I think that they so badly like want to make it work that they, like you're saying, kid gloves, they're just trying to make everything perfect. So that's probably down the line. Not even this year. I would think maybe next year at the earliest for Joe Jimenez. Plus Alex Wilson, or excuse me, Justin Wilson's been dominating. And yes, he's a lefty, but they've got Kyle Ryan, so they would still have a lefty who could get the job done. I, I think that's the guy you want to pick up. If you're the saves speculator in your league, then I think that's where you want to look um, first and other, foremost. Other guys that I would might look at. I think the A's are going to just split those out yep. all year. They're going. I with don't it. think anyone's going to run with it. I mean, I've wanted, I've wanted it to kind of maybe out of left field, Frankie Montas just take it, but they're not really giving him high leverage innings. Ryan Dole has the ability maybe to take it, but he doesn't necessarily have this, the velocity, and they haven't and they, really given him the nine. Yeah, and they have so many other guys who have I done it just, that, that I think they would just yeah, they would just continue to let those out. guys go over dull. Hector Neris, I think, is going to take and run with it. They're, they're supposedly in a in a timeshare, but I think Neris is the guy who's going to take and run with it. And he it. was picked up and, when, when Benoit got it. Like people were, People didn't buy the Benoit thing. Right, so yeah, that that that's a hard one to be out in front of right now, anyway. And um, the other ones, I would keep an eye. I think Trevor Rosenthal yeah, is knew, worth owning because even though Sangwon Ho oh, is has figured it out a little bit in terms of he's had five straight appearances that have been better. I think that the velocity isn't quite there yet, and Rosenthal is kind of back to where he used to be. So that's that's I think Rosenthal is a good one to pick up if Wilson is gone. Um, Jeffress, in case Bush's injury comes back, mm -hmm. it was a shoulder. I think is a good name, okay. and then I don't. I'm not too worried about Osuna. No, nah, I'm not. I'm um, not too worried about him yet either. And and um, yeah, I, I think they're going to give him a pretty long, pretty long leash. 
So, uh, yeah, and of course, keep an eye on the bullpen report. They got you covered as well on on, on everything. Uh, that was our edition of Closer's Corner. I like that. Sorry. Got to throw some air horns at any chance I get. All right. Fast starters, hitters, God, yes, beasting. That was his nickname God in in, in Korea. Uh, they call it, they called Eric Thames God because he's just a monster, and he had a great little song every time he had a home run. Like I mean, this this dude, y'all. If you if you aren't familiar with his numbers, he did a forty forty. All three of the seasons that he had there were just obscene. So go take a look. There there the numbers are tremendous. The the interesting thing here that I have with with Eric Thames is there's a lot of folks who are very much you know projection driven they see the projections they want to go with them they trust those systems and that totally makes sense what what was interesting for me was some of the people who are very projection oriented saw the projections that these systems came up with for eric thames but then didn't believe them oh no yeah they, they're, they're pretty aggressive on him that can't be right well, how are you going to believe the ones for all these other guys, but then you don't buy the one on on this guy? And that's, some of the skepticism I was. You could, go ahead. Yeah, but I suppose you could say ML like that an MLE based projection is not as robust as someone who's been in the major well, leagues. Basically, well, sure. So that you could you could say that the the Tans projection is on the level of a minor leaguer, and you wouldn't necessarily buy. You know Cody Bellinger based on his projections because projections are no good. But they, but projection systems are also notoriously conservative, and they still had twenty six homers. Like I, I, right. I don't know. It's no, just, that's a good point. For me, there was that's a lot where point. I was saying. And I wish I, I, I don't. Want, I'm not saying I was out there saying get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. I was, but I, but I scooped him up. I got, I, I've got some shares to back up the fact that I'm saying, well, you know, there were these great projections, everything looked good. He beasted. I was actually a fan of him as as a prospect with Toronto. He's a lower level prospect, but it, you know, he looked like somebody who could do some things. I again, I didn't see this. I'm not trying to suggest that I did. This is absolutely insane, but he's crushing it right now, and it's been really impressive for Eric Thames. He's spitting on everything outside of the zone, just a 20% O swing rate. He was at 36-37% in those two years back in 2011-2012, which is about a full season's worth of numbers. You can kind of smash it together for a full season. Um, you know, he, he's getting ahead and he's staying ahead in, in counts. Obviously that's not necessarily his choice. They could just keep throwing strikes, but he's just, he's blasting everything, man. Yes. He crushed the reds, but as Dave Cameron wrote today, that to say that, like, as if, if he weren't playing the reds, he wouldn't be doing as well. That's faulty <laughs> because yes, he did absolutely decimate their lives, but he decimated everybody else's life too in the other in the other you know fifteen games that he's played. So it's just been incredible. Like I said, left with hamstring tightness in in Wednesday's game. Nothing major right now, at least as far as I can tell. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. How do you feel about Eric Thames right now? You know, how are you assessing him as a player if you're talking about dealing him or dealing for him? You know, it could be a sneaky deal for because there's I get a lot of questions about people wanting to sell high on him. Yep, and. I've, I actually really agree with you. Uh, you know, maybe you go and you go and get him, and you say, "Well, no, I don't think he's going to hit seventy home runs." You know, you know, I'm not. He's not. I'm not going to on pace for him, but 
you know, I'm going to either or you too. So don't worry. So feel, you feel free to focus on your analysis and then I'm going to either or you. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think it's necessarily PEDs. I think he's yoked, but he's yoked, you know, there's plenty of yoked players. It's not when they're, they're side by side pictures from 2012 too that he doesn't really look different. He's not, yeah, he's, uh, he's always been kind of yoked and <laughs> it's like, yeah, it looks a little, it looks dude. a little different cause he's small, like he's shorter. Do I have that right? The I mean, beard makes him look more six foot physically eight. imposing, I mean, he's too. Six foot oh, he's shorter than me. But uh, I guess a little short for a baseball player. But, you know, he's just a, he's just like a compact guy. It, and I was actually thinking about this with, with regard to prospects. When we were watching Harrison Bader and a couple of other hitters, I forget who else he came up with, I kind of like that short, not, not real short, but I kind of like that shortish, that, you know, brick crap house kind of build, you know, <laughs> like that... You know, yeah. like that. I kind of like that, that. Fire hydrant. Yeah, fire hydrant. Yeah, I like the fire hydrant. I almost wish that there was a way for me to select for fire hydrant and just get all the <laughs> you fire should, hydrant dudes and see if they. You should talk with Jeff Zimmer. Yeah, because it's, he's doing so much work on <laughs> hit tool and all that sort of stuff with with prospects lately. I bet he's got something with height and weight where you could get a fire hydrant filter and say, hey. As you're analyzing this, what what do you got for guys that are in this range? This 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 five five nine to six one range that you know they're just like just well built. Yeah, like two hundred plus but pounds shorter. Yeah. And they, and, they just, and just seem just to me like have the they have great brat speed. You know, they just like they yes. and they don't have long swings. They don't have complicated swings. I also think about this with with regards to Shohei Otani, who's who's tall. And people think he's going to be one of the best hitters of all time. I personally think he's going to be Sean Green. That's not bad. It's huh? not terrible. And if you pair that with a guy who can hit, he can hit ninety. Who can pitch. He can pit. He can hit a hundred. So yeah. if Sean Green could pitch a hundred, pitch a hundred miles an hour, we'd all be still talking about it. Uh, as it is now, Sean Green was a guy who hit thirty home runs a year for the Dodgers. You know, a while back. Has a four homer game and like a ten RBI game or something. Yeah, it had some really good I'm games, sure. but I think some of that, some of the strikeouts he had, and some of the contact prop, you know, some of the I wouldn't say contact problems. He wasn't swing like, through. Yeah, he issues. did some swing yeah. through. I think some of that was due to just being tall, having more zone to cover, and and having longer definitely. levers to to sort of put into place. So, anyway, that's yeah. uh that was definitely a tangent. What I would say about uh, Thames is that the things that we believe in early on, uh, he's all doing right. You know, strikeout rate, contact rate, swing rate, reach rate, all those things are right. You don't have to look at the 530 ISO. That's just ridiculous. You don't have to look at the 11 home runs. It's ridiculous. You Don't talk to me about BABIP. I don't care. You know, it's it's about whether... You think it's 372 BABIP is going to hold up for the entire year? <laughs> hard hard hitting analysis. Right <laughs> Confirm. You know things it's going to hold Fantasy world year. leading analysis. No, I, he... he he hits the ball so hard he could have like a three thirty Babbitt going forward, and that, and that that's the thing. He could keep a higher yeah. one because he has some speed. Too. And 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 you know maybe the projections are still wrong because they, all the projected projected strikeout rates are twenty five percent and above, where he's at twenty one now has a great nine point three swing strike is great, and, and <sighs> with that power, with that power and the plate hell. discipline that he has. So all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who could maybe hit 300 going forward as opposed to the 260s he's projected. So now that's mm-hmm. a reason you could buy, right? There's a guy who could hit 300, and if you only take what he's projected for in terms of home runs, which you know I don't think they've even moved the needle that much off their, their preseason projections, 
that's another 26 homers. And let's say you even denigrate his speed and say, oh, he's not, he's got the hamstring thing. He's, you know, he's not going to steal 10 bases. Give him five bases. That's 30 more home runs plus stolen bases and a 300 average in the next five months. That to me sounds like a top 10 hitter. I mean, who else? I was going to say that sounds like Anthony Rizzo. That's <laughs> Anthony Rizzo with outfield I'm just eligibility. Saying. Yeah. Now Rizzo's got his second base eligibility. Oh, that's working on right now. BS, but, uh, man, I got a I got a letter from Score Sheet. I, like I actually like this letter from Score Sheet. I saw Sheet that. Yeah. Saying Anthony we, we got, Rizzo we got a letter is not him. a second baseman and will not be in Score Sheet. We we're going to use yeah, a common sense approach. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, Jeff got, Jeff Barn got out in front of that. Like, no, nope, don't think don't so, email guys. Me I got all these lineups anymore. with second base. <laughs> don't even try it. Um, all right. Well, let, let's let's do some either or here uh, because you know, I agree. Like, you look at the projection systems. The rest of season are basically giving them giving him what he had for full season a month in. So they're saying they're almost saying like this month was free and we still think he can do what we originally had him for over these five months. Like that is huge for Eric Thames. So I don't think that you're getting up all the way up to the the, the top ten hitter, but let's, let's let's start here. I'm gonna do some first baseman. I'm gonna do some outfielders as well. I'm gonna kinda kinda mix it in. I'm gonna start a little bit lower and I'm gonna go with uh, Chris Davis with a C versus Eric Thames. I think that's what we should have thought going into the season. But given the other things that I said, I'm going to pull up a Chris Davis projection here. That kind of is where I, where I had him in terms of my, what my you mind's kind of eye was yeah. big power, and I was not concerned if I got a crappy batting average. Well, and I Thames th- is going to beat him on on batting average I, 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 yeah. 100% for me. I mean, it's just they're, they don't, they're not the same player. Uh, Thames is going to beat him on stolen bases because Davis, even though Thames doesn't have any, Davis has five in the last three seasons combined. So I don't, I think <laughs> not, not a part of his right. game. So I think Thames will. So, and I think, you know, Thames with the 11 home runs has put himself in the power stratosphere of Davis. So, uh, I'll take Thames. Yeah, I will too. Um, I think that's, 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 that's amazing. What, that's where it, it needs to be right now. I, yeah, it really I should have. And now I feel like. I'm in so many dynasty leagues that I'm saying the reason I don't have any Thames shares, and it's true, is because I never, I didn't have any picks where I could pick him. You know, I didn't, I didn't have first pick. Um, it was funny, my uh, in in the in the uh, what's it called in the um, stumbling on my words here in the in the Hot Wars draft. The one like consistent feedback on my team was, well, that's a pretty good team. You got all those studs, but I don't know about Eric Thames at five dollars. <laughs> oh my God, five dollars. Okay, guys. Uh, Again, I didn't see this coming, but okay. Uh, all right, next guy, uh, Will Myers. Ooh, and let me check in on Will Myers' stolen base attempts. He has three, and he's been caught twice. Oh, I saw that coming. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pretend I didn't. Come on. Of he's course. Steal 28 course. bags. I thought again. he was. Are you kidding me? I thought he was wildly overrated, to be honest. And I love Will Myers, so it's it's tough to be down on a on a player that you like. But strikeout rate is up, two percent walk rate. Look at those strikeouts. Look at that swinging strike rate. That's no good. Uh, he's swinging for the fences a little bit. Looks like uh, got mm-hmm. his his ground ball, fly ball headed towards the power uh, power way. Um, 
It's a little bit hard because all the projections do somewhat believe those stolen bases and they're adding this 15 stolen bases in that would make him have about 36 homers plus stolen bases going forward by projections, uh, which rivals or surpasses Tanner. I just don't – do you think he's going to steal 17 more bags? He just no. spent a month trying three times and stealing one? Yeah, that's not not happening. And then batting average – you know he's got the four or three Babbitt, and we, we don't we tried to stay away from strict Babbitt analysis, and and we and we didn't do it with with Thames, but like, you know he has a higher strikeout rate and a higher higher uh, swing and miss rate right now, so it's like it's not likely he's going to hit three hundred. It's not more likely he's going to hit three hundred than Thames is. So uh, I'll I'll take Thames. I will too. I think I will too. Um, Edwin Encarnacion. We're scaling that first base ranking. Ed Wing. Good old Ed Wing. Starting to get his groove back. You know, he was really trying to uh prove his contract in one in one swing at a time there and, and when after he got off to that uh, off off that slow start there and, and the strikeout rate's still really bad, but he finally got a few homers going. That's the main concern right now, though. Swing strike rates through the roof, especially for him. The one great thing about Encarnacion is he's always been power hitter who doesn't strike out a ton. Started to show it last year. They're going 16 to 20%, now up to 32%. Yeah, that's weird. That's concerning. 34 years old. I was hoping, or I was I was living under the assumption that Encarnacion was going to age well because of the strikeout rate. And I thought, okay, well, even if it ticks up, it will slowly tick up, and that's going to help him kind of have a nice. What is, let's look under nice, here. What's uh, he doing to this swings here? He's swinging less and reaching less. And they're so not, it's getting in, they're not, in the deep counts and just not finishing it off. They're not giving him anything in the zone. That's just weird. They're throwing it in the that's zone hurt. less than they ever have. They're throwing him fewer fastballs than ever. But he's trying not to swing at them. And so he's walking and he's not getting the home runs. I don't know. Uh I think this is an adjustment period. That's what I'm gonna say. I mean look at look at the the fastball percentage. It's definitely the lowest it's ever been. They're trying mm-hmm. to throw him a ton of breaking balls. And I don't know. He's I think he's reacting pretty well. If he's not reaching at them, he's and he's reaching less than ever. And he's not swinging. He's swinging less than ever. I mean, that's really his lowest reach rates and his lowest swing rates of his career. Parsing an already super small um, sample here. Last week, last seven games, we're down to a 26% strikeout rate and a 9% swinging strike rate. So it's starting yeah, to turn Yeah, I think, it might, be, turn I think a bit. it might be turning a little bit. And uh, But that doesn't mean that they're not comparable. I think that we're getting closer. I think we're getting closer. Okay. I think that... Um, Edwin's best uh, projections probably, you know, close to the same home runs, you know, fewer stolen bases, less, not as good batting average. You, you, we're getting when closer now to the point where, yes, based on my analysis, I say Thames, but there's also the fact that Edwin has done it longer. So you, there's a little bit, there's a little bit. It's just been in. Out and out stud, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a little, there's just a little bit more of that, you know, been there, done that. 
where where tennis could slow down and the maybe the strikeout rate goes up or maybe they figure something out maybe they start busting him inside and there's something there's an adjustment period there so i'm slowing down now mm-hmm. i'm slowing down now okay i okay. this is getting Let's... closer to a pick for me are you are you 100 percent thames over edwin no, I'm not 100%. Yeah. That's, that would be very tough. Someone comes offering me Edwin for, for Thames. In the couple leagues I have, I got him in, in tout and, and a home league. Might take it. Um, I think I might take it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm certainly looking at it. If it's a one-for-one, one, just like a challenge, like do you want this 34-year-old former stud? Do you want to see if he's a stud again for this hot hot ticket item right now? I'm certainly thinking about it, and I, I probably end up pulling the trigger. Sometimes I have a hard time on that because I'm, I'm full of full of crap, as they like to say, and I, I like to be right. So I want to be like holding the the golden ticket, and uh, you know, the thing of it is, if you trade somebody like Eric Thames for Edwin Encarnacion, you were still quote unquote right. You ended up turning your, you know, mid teens round asset into a second round player. Yeah. And and so you, you you still win there. Now obviously you got to see how it would play out over the five months, but that that can still be a victory. You don't have to have it on your team to necessarily uh, you know feel like you won it there. So I, yeah, I, I, th- I think I'd probably take Incarnacion on there. I think there's even even though I think we pushed it pretty far, and I think that one lesson could be we're going back to our idea that maybe he's a buy high. Is if you have Chris Davis, you may approach the the Thames owner and say. And, and see you want to sell high, buy low. You know, you get Chris and Davis. If you got throwing a pitcher, yeah. you know, even if make it's, it a if two it's for a two, upgrade. never, never do two for one. Make it a two for say, two. Tr- throw in your uh, sell low pitcher for for a buy low pitcher or something like that, and uh, and and try to eke a little bit more out of there. But don't don't get too afraid to just do the one for one because I got a, a trade offer in my dynasty league a while back. I got Edward, Eduardo Rodriguez offered to me for Alex Cobb. And y'all are going to hit your foreheads right now because you know what I've been saying about Alex Cobb. I'm so mad I'm at you. I'm so mad that. at myself. Because you turned me on to like looking out for Alex Cobb. I'm a big Cobb guy. And, and you consistently said, change-up change isn't there. Change-up's not there. Change-up's not and there. I should have just said careful. yes. You know, you have an offer like that. And you know what? Sometimes you're just trying to get a little too smart for your own riches yep. man and i was yep. like trying to put in luscious fox and turn you know luscious fox into something better and 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 i was trying to put in second pieces and got too muddled yeah and then and then finally i go back to the old deal and in the meantime Cobb's had a couple starts and the guy says nah nah i'm good <laughs> i'm good I've been, wa- I've been watching eduardo and i've been watching Cobb, and i'm yeah good. Yeah, yeah i mean you gotta be careful so maybe on just that throw out a chris davis for for 10 just see where it's at just see where it's at you know especially if you'll know better in your own league was the thames guy the guy who just said okay i'll just take this guy or was he jazzed about it? if he was jazzed and like really in on it probably not going to do it but if it was more of a he just kind of wound up with him because that's where he was and he was you know he, he was next on his list you might have a better shot at getting something like that done so just kind of uh, assess your thames owner in your league to see where they were um but yeah definitely definitely try it out see, see where things are at i'm certainly not at all opposed to buying high on on eric thames all right by the way executive decision we're gonna have to do pitchers next episode because doing the little closer bit and already taking an hour there on Eric Thames um, 
because these next few guys we're gonna we're gonna dive deep on anyway. So we're gonna we're gonna push pitchers to next time. We'll talk fast pitchers next time out because we still have six hitters and we like to, we like to go deep. We like to give you guys the knowledge here. And I want to talk about another one that had a lot of buzz. Everyone was psyched on, and he is injured right now. So that's a that's a huge bummer, and that really curbs a lot of the talk here. But we still have to talk Mitch Hanniger, even though he's out with an oblique, and so he's probably going to be out a month. Of course, it could change the scope of things about how you could go turn around and buy him. So Mitch Hanniger, Jason Collette, very high on him. Um, I, I got turned on to him by basically by our own Dave Cameron, watching, reading his uh, trade assessment of the uh, Taiwan Walker Gene Segura trade. Kind of, you know, did a little highlight on Hanniger, and then I read a few more after his, and the, each one seemed to say, "Hey, here's the two principles. They do matter. They're both good. They could both really be interesting for their team. Don't sleep on Mitch Hanniger. He's the he's he could be the linchpin to this deal. He could be the turning point to this deal. A lot of hype was built there about how he went down, changed himself, got better. Playing time was going to be there. Scooped him in several leagues, riding high." And now the oblique. Mitch Hanniger, how do you feel? That was a bit of a hot start, I think. You know, I do like, in particular, the small swing strike rate compared with good power. Yes. That, that was a little 7%. surprising to me. I thought he might be kind of a 250 guy, like, that, that did have good power, but that swung and missed a lot. So Yeah, I was going for 20, uh, 2010 and, and 250, 260. I would have been completely fine with that. Well, he's been out of his mind. Four homers, two stolen bases, 338 average. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not going to hold. Um, so, okay. Hot start, meaning you're, you're, you're concerned that, that it's really going to come back to the pack, like to those 250 sort of ranges, or where are you at? And, and how does the I oblique factor Hot in? start for me is the batting average because he's a, he's a huge pull guy, and now we have the benefit of seeing minor league pull numbers, which is amazing. Thank and, you, Overlord. Yeah, and we can tell that he's no Joey Votto. So he's a, he's a guy. It's a high standard. Yeah, so he's a guy. What he did do uh, in 2016 when he, went, when he went back to AAA was hit more fly balls. And um, so that was, uh, that, that was the source of, of his breakout in AAA for the Diamondbacks was that he, he hit more fly balls. And uh, and he pulled those fly balls. So that's that's uh, the danger of him is when he starts pulling the gr- pulling the balls on the ground. That's when the batting average will go down. And I think even Mark Trumbo has told me, you know, it's not easy to keep hitting fly balls. That that there are little adjustments, not only what the pitcher is trying to do, but there are little adjustments to your own swing you have to do to keep hitting fly balls. So, you know, I think that on some level, you know, we'll see some of this the the this fly ball the fly ball rate. Uh, he even does hit more ground balls and fly balls. He, he will pull into some shifts, and he'll he'll hit um, he'll hit for a lower average going forward. But I think that we might have a little bit of of, of knowledge that we could maybe say that like a 166 rest of season ISO from Steamer that's a little low, and mm-hmm. that he's probably going to be more like a 180 guy. That's what he showed even with the even with the Diamondbacks in a short sample last year, one seventy, and then that great AAA with three thirty ISO and in a nice park and everything. But I think everything points to me to like a one seventy one eighty type ISO. So I like Zips rest of season, where it has him hitting sixteen home runs and stealing seven bases. I, I believe in all that. Maybe a little bit better than two fifty average, 
So I guess that would okay. make him a sell high, except that he's injured. So I don't know. So that yeah, that changes if everything. You just sort Oblique of injury. <laughs> it's about a month. You just sit tight. You, you don't buy him anywhere if you think you can get like like if because the, the injury again just changes things so much. I think it could. I feel it, like you could maybe go buy him on the cheap. Yeah. Not, I, I I'm reluctant to use that word. Like not cheap, but. But a lot of the inflated cost, I think, comes right back down with a month injury. And you just acknowledge it while you're, you know, you're not trying to pull a fast one on people. You just say, hey, I'm interested in buying. I will pay. I will pay a little something because he's been great. But I, I can't pay full freight with him out a month. I'm just, I'm interested in getting him for when he comes back where you at, you know. And uh, I think, I think you just be upfront about it in the trade negotiations where you're not trying to look like you're, you're being a sketch ball. And mm-hmm. so, um, what about David Peralta, who's who's back to beasting? By the way, wait, using him to buy Hanniger, or this is just talking about his yeah. start? Yeah, sorry. What this is e- either or by using him to buy? Well, I would take Hanniger over him. I think you take Hanniger over Peralta. I think I would. I'm not sure about Peralta's ISO, so I'm not sure about your ISO, I'm dude. Ch- okay, Yo, leave my ISO out of it. Hey man, I was uh, scouting so you the other day. Joe. You didn't see me, dude. Nah, dude. I had freaking hat and glasses on, and I had a, I had a John Jaso wig oh, on. You were that and guy. You didn't even notice me? Yeah, that was me, dude. That was no, me yelling at Peralta you with my, hits, taking my notes. Peralta hits two ground balls for every fly ball. He just doesn't have the same uh, like mix. I mean, the, Hanniger's yeah, and, more and, one and to one. By the way, he's always had that. By the way, yeah, and that that's been consistent with David Peralta, even going back to uh, two years ago when he beasted. The only reason the reason he only, only hit 17 homers, despite some really good pop when when he when he displays it, it's really good. But the reason he only hit 17 is because he didn't get the ball in the yeah. air enough, and that that's just been consistent. So I, I totally agree He's with you. He's more exciting that with in like an OBP slugging type situation. Agreed, then I might actually start thinking about him over Hanniger because you know you know with Hanniger coming back, he doesn't have a plus walk rate. He has more of a fly ball swing. If he goes back to that 250, he's going to have a lower OBP than Peralta. And the slugging will f- maybe favor Hanniger, but maybe not. You know, in the past, uh, Peralta has a lot of doubles and triples. I mean, that's that's a nice yes, number there. Triples haven. You know. What about the humidor? How are you feeling? I don't know. If, have we talked about the humidor? I, I think we talked about it, how it might help the pitchers. That yeah. I think this. I think the humidor might also hurt Peralta a little bit. I mean, it will it will slow down some of the offensive numbers. So, um, mm-hmm. and he's not a guy who's a Justin Upton no doubter. You know, he's not. Exactly. You know, he's not a guy who's going to survive. I think Rake Lamb will be okay. Yeah, exactly. Out there exactly. because he, that dude, when he gets it, it's it's gone. Uh, okay, a couple more. Not, we're not going to do too many names. Just a couple more on the Handiger. Either or. Maybe going out to buy him. Yeah. Either or. Um, Yasiel Puig. Ooh. Hey, I'd like some love. For liking Yasiel Puig so long, <laughs> hey, you don't got to tell me twice, man. I, I'm I've been I'm not I can't quit Yasiel Puig. Yeah. No, I think the power's back for Puig, and he's showing more contact. He's showing more patience. I think this is going to be a really good year for him. Um, and the hammies are holding up. Like that's the key too. Like the yeah, he can stay healthy. I love the strikeout and walk ratio right now. It's almost one to one. Yeah, and people forget that he's 26. I mean, I think people think he's a lot older than that. Yeah, so I'm I'm keeping Puig there, and so, and so I think so too. Um, I think there's a there's an opportunity even for uh, a really nice like where Hanniger's um, 
where Handiger's batting average is, is coming back to the pack, I think Puig's is more likely to go the other way. I agree with you there. I'm, I'm pro Puig. I would go out and buy him. Buy high, if you will. I don't even think it's that high, though. 263, 363, 461 is not – those aren't numbers that people are going to be like, oh, i got to charge you through the roof here with four and if it's like, two stolen bases. <laughs> if it's Dynasty or Keeper where the guy's been had him for a really long time – that He's owner over. has like very ambivalent feelings about Puig. I'll tell you. That. Yeah, he can't. He can't wait to move him. Right. And if you're going to come in with something nice, yeah, that 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 could work out really well. Uh, last one, uh, injury for injury, although shorter term injury for longer term. Jock Peterson versus Mitch Haniger. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, hamstring I got, or groin. I got a name for you. While while you're marinating on this. Uh. Is it possible that Jock Peterson? I might take Anniger. Is it possible? Yeah. That Jock Peterson is just Colby Rasmus. Ooh. And by just, I mean, you look at it, you look at it, and you go look at Colby Rasmus in the minors, and he had the speed. I keep calling the the Jock Peterson speed. Like, oh, he he ran in the minors. He can run in the majors. Rasmus had some early speed. We looked. We thought he was going to be this this all around guy. Obviously, things went south in St. Louis. He spiked a twelve stolen base season pretty early, but it was twelve for twenty, so it was complete dog crap. And he's never really been a speed guy since then. It's, okay. it's three, four, five stolen bases here and Maybe there. Maybe a little and more power, power in batting average. Maybe a little more power for Jock. Yeah. Look at look at look okay. at Rasmus's ISOs uh the first couple of years. One fifty six, two twenty two, yep. one sixty six, one seventy seven. So So present day Rasmus though, from like twenty thirteen. Uh, that's right, on because of the whole league power is up a little bit. No, I think it's so comfortably you, better. I think it's comfortably better. Okay. I think it's more okay, power. Good. And I think that makes that makes a little bit of a difference because of uh, of everything else. But it is interesting. I think that he may not uh he may not in a similar way, he may not live up to the hype because exactly i'm not sure the platoon rate is going to get any better there's not really a lot of evidence that despite okay swing strike rates that the the strikeout rates coming down because another thing that you have to consider with peterson for sure is he, he gets in the deep counts he's got the great walk rate and that's that's part of strikeout right yeah has anybody ever done like a study that kind of like breaks in into it and says Guys that take X amount of walks or see X amount of pitches are going to have this percentage added to their to their strikeout rate. And I'm not saying that he doesn't swing a lot and you have swing and miss because with the power he definitely does. And you're looking at 14, 10, and 12 percent swinging strike rates. But like you said, that's not gaudy for the 30 percent strikeout rate that Jock Peterson has had. You would expect more of like a 15 plus percent swinging strike rate. So I think some of it is is the counts he gets himself into that's just going to breed more strikeouts. Yeah, I I, uh, I did. I talked about it a little bit with respect to Josh Hamilton, how he would swing, uh, would swing hard and swing often and get out in front of his strikeouts. And so even though he had bad strike, even though he had bad swinging strike rates, he wouldn't have as bad strikeout rates, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I talked a little bit about that, and then Albert Liu did did uh, did something off of that, and I'm looking for it right now. There it is: adventures in swing strike rate versus strikeout rate. Okay. And what he did was plot the two, and 
it's a it, it generally it's a nice uh it's a nice straight line swing strike rate goes okay. up strikeout rate goes up however there's guys like Vladimir Guerrero and Josh Hamilton who had high swing strike rates but low strikeout rates and that's because they swung so often that they hit the ball before they could strike out exactly and then i think you have let me see if i can read these names uh, Brett Gardner has a lower swing strike rate, but because he sees so many pitches, he ends up with a higher strikeout rate. Um, let me see if I can see another name. That's, these are really hard to read. Let's see here. Lower K rates than you expect. Uh, I guess the guys that were lower than you expect were Hamilton, Guerrero, Delman Young, Brandon Phillips, Pablo Sandoval, Jeff Francoeur. And here are the guys who strike out more. Uh, so these are the guys that we're talking about with Jock Peterson that – that weight their way into, and they do it with lower swing rates. So Brett Gardner, 31% swing rate, 2.9% swing strike rate, still had an 18% strikeout rate. Oh, wow. That's pretty weird, right? So yeah. uh, what we're looking at, oh, my God, look who showed up on the list. This is hilarious. Colby Rasmus, Colby 46% Rasmus. Swing, strike, sw- swing rate, 10% swing strike rate, 28% strikeout rate. He's he's a lot like Colby Rasmus. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Other guys that are like this, Justin Upton. Um okay. Adam LaRoche. Yeah. Justin Upton, part part of his too is when he does get in those deep counts, he doesn't really change the swing. He's still trying to go five hundred right. feet. <laughs> Bobby Abreu had a really low swing strike rate, but a, like a league average strikeout rate. Because he had an amazing walk yeah, rate. Yeah, he, he swung thirty two percent of the time. A lot like Brett Gardner. Yeah, he he will wear you out, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm sold. He's a he's. A, I would say, Colby Rasmus with a with a little tick of power, a little extra tick of power. So that does then, not that uh, does not make him uh, someone you go run and buy, I guess. Uh, and it might make then, Mitch Haniger a better better solution. Okay. Okay. That was the bottom line we were looking for. All right. Let's move on to our next guy. Our next our next fast starter here, Avisail Garcia. So I did a, I did a piece yesterday on these these fast starters, and just did like a, a a quick quick hits on them with with just like little bullet points about what's changed, what hasn't, you know, kind of where things are, and then an outlook sort of thing. It was just it was just a a fast look at at all these guys. Uh, one of the guys, actually two of them, I didn't even put on this list here. Interestingly enough, but with Avisail Garcia, I didn't see a whole lot different. I didn't see any skill changes. Um, his swing strike rate is fourth highest in the league. Uh, his, his walk rate's actually down a tick. Pitchers are getting ahead more often. A seventy-three percent first pitch strike rate. He still chases way too much at thirty-nine percent. He's getting more fly balls, but it's only twenty-nine percent. I just didn't see a whole lot. I did get a comment that suggested that maybe there were some changes that may, that maybe I missed um, based on X average and X BABIP. He's hitting the ball that, harder. He's hitting the ball harder and hitting the ball in the air more. Yeah, but not enough to where I was really all that convinced. Yeah, I don't know. Avisal Garcia. I just I don't think so either. Got, and also, you know what? He's played this friggin' game before. I remember early last year or twenty fifteen. No, I think it was early last year. Yes, early last year. Didn't he have an okay start? And yeah. and what happened then was I actually remember looking this up. Early last year, he had he had improved his ground ball to fly ball rate a little bit, and he was hitting the ball hard. And I said 
He's hitting the ball harder than he did last year, and he's hitting the ball in the air more. And then you look up at the end of the year, and he had the worst ground ball fly ball rate of his career. And he did not hit the ball that hard. So I I, I agree with you that I don't think enough has changed that I'm going to wildly change my, my appreciation for him. I think at the end of the year – you know, bank what he's got, add what he's going to cut when he's going to get, and he'll have a 275 and maybe 20 homers. And I just don't think that there's any reason to necessarily go and get a guy who's basically true talent is 275, 20 homer hitter. It's just not that exciting yeah. in today's game. And I, I, I was pretty pessimistic on the average. Um, I said 255, mm-hmm. but if, if you bump it up to 270, he's probably hitting 250 the rest of the way. Yeah, if, if if you go 550 at bats and you can't take what he has, and you, and you say bottom line is going to be 270, it's probably about 250 the rest of the way. Um, I think it might have been two years ago that he started fast, but either way, your point still holds is that it was a trick, and and I just haven't seen enough to where I'm all that all that jazzed on on Avisael Garcia. Thirty, sixty. 90, 90, 90 players are projected to hit more than 18 homers this year. That's, yeah, that's just not that special. And if you, I'm, I'm not going to look through every one of their batting averages, but I'd say that Less there's probably like 70 to 80 guys that will hit 270 and, uh, and more than 18 homers. And then you add in the fact that some of them are going to steal more bases. I mean, the, I would say he's, he's a, a bad base stealer, by the right. way. 18 for 37. The most career. I can comfortably say, I'd say he's a top 75 hitter. That's not that exciting. Okay. I mean, I guess it's rosterable. Yeah, that's at the, it's that's rosterable. At the high it's end, not a, that's, Yeah, and, and uh, a top 80 hitter. Um, well, this is that's not even accounting for position, right? So... Are you saying top 80 outfielder or top 80 overall hitter? Well, I was saying top 80 just based on this, you know, using home runs and uh, yeah. and batting average. But that does not, you know, account for position, which does matter. So, uh, Absolutely. you know, it's and not. It's, uh, it's just not special with Avisal Garcia. It's, it's, you think... might want to pick him up off of the off the waiver wire. I mean, you know. That's fine. I'm saying don't trade yeah, for him. Yeah, don't trade though. for him. But, like, if you're looking uh-huh. at um, Hunter Pence on your roster. He might be he better than Hunter Pence. Pence. I mean, you know, or I don't know. Yeah, I think he might be better than Hunter Pence. Or he might be very similar to Hunter Pence and having a better start. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking at Trevor Plouffe or you're starting Seth Smith, I mean, what is Seth Smith doing all right? I don't know. I... Who's a who's a would you rather have you have I said a name that you would pick Avisel over? Mm. Well, that I would pick Avisel? Not probably not. No, I'd probably still go with Pence. Not Solaire. What about Grichuk? Okay, let's go to Grichuk. I'm a Grichuk guy. I, I like Grichuk. How much wood could a Grichuk? Maybe it's the hair. Grichuk, to be Grichuk, honest, wood. Yeah, Ooh, how much? How many homers could it? Yuck. Yeah, it's bad. That's pretty yucky. So it, it's kind of. I don't too... think he knows what a breaking ball looks like. <laughs> I I uh, I'm gonna go with Avisale. I will. Okay. I will go with Avisale. I, I can I can I can understand that, go. right? I'm I'm not 
I'm not so. I mean, it's not like Grichuk uh, is a, a great play discipline compared to Avisale, and probably will strike out no. more than Avisale. And if Avisale's any of Avisale's power is legit, then he's on on the same level. Uh, what I, yeah, what I'm hoping for is 25 plus homers with Grichuk, and I'm trading the the potential average, yeah. um, uh, vol, you know, piece there with with. Hey, Avisale, so. we should have like All a right. tepid endorsement, uh, a tepid endorsement sound like. Yeah. It's <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's like a slide whistle. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'd love to be wrong. You know, I just he's kind of a fun player. He's huge. Uh, Avisel Garcia is 6'4", 240, and, and pretty athletic for his size. It'd be fun to see him have some big breakout where he hits 280, pops 25 homers, and steals 10 bases just don't see it so that's where i'm at with him speaking of guys that are huge and obviously garcia is a punk in comparison to this guy aaron judge is out of his mind right now excuse me has seven homers 281 352 672 triple slash has the strikeout rate down to 25 percent with an 11 percent swing strike rate a 10 percent walk rate um you know he He's not swinging out of the zone nearly as much, 25% down down there as well. Things look good right now. I've maintained all month that I think it's his hot streak. Um, you know, that I, I don't I don't think it's necessarily um huge evolution. Am I wrong? How do you feel about uh Aaron Judge? I just uh, called up some graphs that I could see uh, just like sort of the day-to-day progression of his reach rate and swing rate because I had a, a sense that I saw early on that his swing strike rate was good. And so I was wondering if it's gotten worse since I saw that. And mm-hmm. whereas when he first came into the league last year, when he first got in, the uh, everything went the wrong way. So he first got in and he started reaching and reaching and reaching. First got in the league, he started swinging, 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 started striking out more, started whiffing more. This year, the trend has been the exact opposite. When he first got in, he was uh, reaching and swinging a little bit too much, and every line has gone down since. So I find that uh, very compelling. That's a little bit more anecdotal. The the real-life analysis is more about the fact that he has a, a better-than-average swing rate a better than average league average reach rate both by major percentage points five to ten percent in both cases and those things i think are serving him really well like he's seeing the ball well now pitchers are becoming really afraid of him and if he's going to compare like a lack of reaching with this tremendous power i mean that's what we that's what eric thames did to break out and that's what you know that's what makes Stanton so good in some ways. It's you know Stanton is not really good at hitting the ball. Like he's not really great at hit tool. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you know, you know, Judge is already seeing forty eight percent fastballs. That's really low for a young hitter. And they're scared. And he's managing to have a ten percent swing strike rate, twenty five percent strikeout rate. I'm starting to believe he's going to beat. I, I believe I believe he's going to beat the strikeout rate projections. He's going to strike out twenty five to twenty seven percent of the way, uh, the rest of the way. He's going to have at least a two fifty, maybe a two sixty batting average going forward. If he has a two sixty batting average and adds power that he's re- that he's showing now, he's going to be a very good player. I think he you look up at the end of the season, he'll have 
33 to 35 homers and a 270 plus average. That's Aaron Judge. I'm not sold on the on the on the batting average still. I'm 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 down with the 30 plus homers like that. I was down with that even coming into the season, mm-hmm. despite being more negative on on Aaron Judge because he got the power. I don't think the holes are gone, mm-hmm. and again, I think I think he's riding hot. I think the average comes. I think it settles two fifty or below. So well, I've got a couple. I would entertain selling. I've got a couple. Yeah, I've got a couple shares of him, and I'm trying to decide about selling. And... Marcelo Zuna versus Aaron Judge. Zuna. You know, so he was, he, was he hurt in the second half last year? He was. He had a wrist injury, and if you do the if you do the before after by the wrist injury, it's so stark that it's really hard to believe that it wasn't the wrist injury. And look at this weird it's ass really strikeout hard to believe that. right now. Twenty eight percent. Yeah, I, it's just not the same kind of power, and he's not in the same not in the same situation. And that's a really bad league. That's a really bad park. It's it's so bad. I'm taking Ozuna. I'm taking Judge. It's such Adam a Duvall. nice park, man. Oh, I'm taking uh, I'm taking uh, Judge over Duvall. Duvall yeah, is not it's cl- progressing. I was hoping that the power would put fear into pitchers and the walk rate would no. go up. It's no. not really happening. They're not scared. They're not scared. Um, 33, 103, 241. 241 was the average last year for, for Duvall. Uh, so that season that he had last year is kind of what I'm thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm around for Judge uh-huh. this year. However. Upside to go past it, though, right? Exactly. I mean, was and that's why, and, yeah. that's why it's Judge for me, even though I do look at that season. I'm like, well, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh-huh. But, yeah, the upside to do significantly more. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if Aaron Judge – pops 275 with the with the big homers because when you hit the ball that hard you you can exactly it's just not my projection so yeah it's it's pretty easily judge over duvall for me as well um what about steven piscotti two different profiles here so i know that might be a tough comparison but uh actually you know what scrap that mark trumbo and i bring up mark trumbo specifically because he's struggling a bit some folks are concerned that He's coming back to similar earth profile. after the similar, season last similar, year. Exactly. You know, uh, swing hard, strike out, um, and we're not seeing the power. 47 home runs from him last year. I'd like to look at 47. this ground ball fly ball rate and see if he's losing. Nope, he's keeping that nice fly ball rate. It's, you know, it's a it's a total sort of track, red, track record versus upside challenge trade type thing. You know what I might do? I, this is as far as I'll go because I probably would rather have Judge. I, what I what I might do though is trade Judge plus something for a Trumbo plus an upgrade. I might do that. So you get the better pitcher or secondary. I piece. feel like they're they're reasonably close to each other, especially we're not talking OBP leagues. I think they're reasonably especially close you can to find, each other. And if I you can find that Yankee fan or that yeah, and if I need if I need like judge. pitching in some leagues, I, I need some pitching. And I could turn. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I'd love to do is like Cole Hamels plus Aaron Judge for Mark Trumbo and you Darvish or something. You know, I, I would. Yeah. I might dance a little jig I if I did that because Cole agree. Hamels right now is. You wouldn't dance a jig. You would try to extract more. <laughs> and then I'd lose. The I'd lose the fish. <laughs> lose the deal after <laughs> three days of trying to get that 
that ninth level prospect. <laughs> I had to get. I, I just I had to get him, man. I saw. I saw this guy play at high school, man. He, I know he's in, in low A right now, but I had I had to get him. I had to. Um, yeah, I'm not even a huge Trumbo guy, like, at all. I've been pretty anti-Trumbo. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop last year big time. But I think I'd go buy him right now uh, because there's nothing in this profile that says that it is the other shoe dropping or that there is, like, major trouble. Um, there is some infield fly ball situation, but sometimes – not, I haven't watched them play enough, so I don't know. But a lot of times on infield fly balls, like pop-ups, they just missed, right? I mean, he, he's he's that half click away from it going perfectly where he wanted. And he was just, just under it, pops it up. 4% homer to fly ball ratio right now for Mark Trumbo. That ain't lasting. I would go out and buy him. I, li- I like your idea of the judge trade too, where where you get the you get the pitching upgrade or you get that, maybe you get an infielder upgrade that would definitely work because getting Trumbo back, you might just be getting the same player. Yeah. And then you're getting the upgrade too. So, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll cap it there with, uh, with the Aaron judge talk. Let's move on to another guy. That's, that's kind of similar, but, but a little bit more of the feast or famine. Um, it's Joey Gallo. And, you know, he's not off to like the most amazing start because he is still hitting. I think like, um, hang on. Do you ever have it where you go on a, a, a fan page and then your your scroll won't work. Like you can't scroll down. It's one of the most annoying things in the world. Um, yes, one of the most annoying things in the world. That's the life I live. Uh, so he's only hitting two thirty two with a thirty three percent strikeout rate. But that actually thirty three percent strikeout rate for Joey Gallo represents a major improvement because he has a career forty four percent. Big 15% walk rate. That's what you're talking about with Adam Duvall. You're hoping that pitchers would be afraid. They're afraid of Gallo. Uh, seven home runs, three stolen bases already, too. That's a pretty intriguing piece to the the equation here. How do you feel about Joey Gallo's hot start? They're they're giving him fastballs, though. It's, it's interesting. A little bit more, even, than they have in the past. And I don't know if that's because they think they can strike him out now or... Um, they're not as worried about him. The shine has come off, and so they're they're going to feed him some fastballs. I don't know if that's going to go the other way. I mean, it is interesting. The first first time he saw the, the league, he had a 49% fastball rate. That's like Judge, right? And then mm-hmm. last year he had 51%. Now he has 55%. But why would they increase fastball rate when they had been getting him out so easily? So I, um, I don't know. I... Um, I'm not as I'm not I'm not as all aboard the Gallo train as as I'm seeing. I don't yeah, I don't know what it is. I I still see a lot of strikeouts and yeah, it's the 15%, but it's also he he doesn't swing that much, so he's turning that 15% into a that's 15% swing strike rate. Gallo's turning that into a 30 33% strikeout rate. And then, you know, a couple moonshots, that changes your ISO, changes your line and everything, but take a couple moonshots away and he's like a two ten hitter with power. I don't know. Um, Gallo or Duvall? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm sticking with Duvall. I mean, maybe in a dynasty league, I would trade for Gallo, hoping sure. that Cause much you know, especially that. if you get some OBP. Yeah, thank you. Please don't do that. Okay, you can go away now. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I love the thank you. Thank you for that. 
Please don't go into the full-fledged barks. We might have to end this one. All right, so oh let's just God. move on. I'm taking Duval. Okay. Um, I, I think I'm going the wrong way, unfortunately, but I'll, I'll bring him up anyway. Jay Bruce. I guess Jay Bruce is better than Duval, so I went the wrong way. I'm an idiot. No, I don't know. Um, I don't think Jay Bruce is necessarily better than Duval. But... Okay, okay, then, then, then yeah, Jay Bruce but versus... Yeah, Okay, okay. Um, I'm saying let's move to the next hitter. Yeah, no, I am. I am moving okay. to the next hitter. I just wanted to do one more name. Chris Owings. Out there in Arizona. Wait, is this a says, would we rather or we're doing the next next name? Oh, you said move on oh, to yeah, the next yeah, hitter. Okay. I'm just watching this dog. I know it's going to happen. All right. Uh, no, I love Thank Chris. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love Chris Owings. Uh, Chris Owings is uh, finally healthy. He hurt mm-hmm. himself on a plate-to-plate with uh, Buster Posey in 2014, and then they misdiagnosed it. And he had, Or was it 2015, and they misdiagnosed it. He tried to come back. He changed his swing. They had surgery. When he came back in 2016, he still had the change swing. Still managed to steal 21 bases, but he yeah he did some things. He, last but year. he didn't have. He wasn't. He he he, he was doing a two handed follow through, and he wasn't um, letting go of it. You know, he wasn't letting it eat. And he even admitted that to mm-hmm. me. He was like, I I've changed my swing. I can't let it. I can't let it to let it blow like I used to. He's now letting go with one hand so he's kind of back to his old swing so i believe that he can even have like a 160 170 iso kind of where he's at i don't believe necessarily in the batting average but i think that he might hit 15 homers this year um you know and 12 to 15 keeps stealing so if we're talking about 12 homers and uh 25 stolen bases and look up at the end of the year and he's hitting 280 uh, eligible, healthy. eligible all over, and yeah, shortstop and outfield. That's huge. Yeah. So, I think at the end of the year, you'll look up. He'll have a two eighty, twelve, and uh, twenty season. I'm gonna bump up those stolen bases. He did twenty one stolen bases in one hundred nineteen mm, games. If we're saying he can stay healthy, and and, and he's playing well on pace I for thirty or thirty. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna go with the pace. I know it's dangerous to take. April paces. I'm not even doing that. That was just 30s where I'm yeah. at. Um, and so, yeah, 280, 12, 30 at shortstop or outfield. And if you have a stud shortstop, you might be using him at outfield because it gets a little thin there. I really like Chris so Owings. Mad. I got several I some shares of him. stupid jerks and Profar share over a Chris Owings share in some <laughs> stupid league. I convinced myself that Profar had eligibilities all over the diamond and I could play him at short and third and blah, 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 blah. And now I just wish I had just dropped Profar. You know, sometimes you just have to have the courage of your own conviction and just say, yes, that's what yeah. I need to do. Screw it. I agree. Mm. I, I agree. Like, sometimes you just it, – it's hard, right? And we talk about this a, a, a bit. Uh, Jason and I talk about a, a lot in-season management and, and, you know, not being overly patient. Mm to where you're you're making bad decisions and and just kind of trusting yourself. And here's the here's one thing you have to get comfortable with, folks, when you play this game. You got to be ready to be wrong yeah. a pretty good <laughs> bit and and have misses and drop guys that that turn it around because you were trying to pick somebody else up and you're like, "Damn it, but I but I got this guy who's also pretty good. I just maybe drop the better guy." But you're taking those chances because you're trying to improve your team. I'm not saying go willy-nilly and just make five cuts a week, but I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm 
I'm getting better at it, but it's still a part of my game that I continue to hone the in-season management of trusting what I see and feel and going for it. And again, just because you're trusting it doesn't mean it's going to be 100%, but instead of just waiting, because it's it, it's easier to wait and say, well, I drafted this guy, I'll just wait. And then if it doesn't work, you say, well, I drafted him, I wanted to stick with him. Forget about that, especially with those churn spots. Um you got to be more aggressive these days. And so anyway, tangent there. I love Chris Owings. I also got him in tout wars and I got a few other shares too. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty loaded up on, on Chris Owings. So I am pretty psyched about him. Um, let's do one couple quick, either ors between he and, um, let's see. What about Carlos Gomez? Oh man. I swear I was looking at Carlos Gomez in the in the this is gonna sound weird, but I was looking at him in the in the clubhouse and I was like, Are you fat? <laughs> Did you just chub you up? Are, are you, are you wearing up? that light flowing shirt for a reason? Are you chubbed up? Uh the it's I uh, the athleticism is way down for me. It's just uh he's not gonna steal bases like he used to. I don't I I'm a little I'm surprised even that he has three home runs, but you know, I guess Texas can help him a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Um, His might be more fifteen fifteen. I don't know. Do you like think a two? He's fifty. He tried three stolen bases. If you just paste that, it's eighteen attempts. Um, you know, successful on two thirds of them, so twelve. Twelve stolen bases. And I'll, I'll bump it up to fifteen. Okay. Based on and he should be able to two, hit two for three homers, even even his reduced yeah. state. So fifteen, but, 15. but two fifty seems high for the batting average. And like I think I'm giving oh, him the, the, He's the just, higher yeah, end. Yeah, he really. I don't think that's going back to the twenty percent, twenty one percent days. I think I'm taking Owings, and I've been a long time Carlos Gomez guy, but I think I'm going Owings. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. You going with him yeah, too, or I'm you going with Owings? Okay. Yeah, especially since you last one Owings in. in Gomez's spot and somewhere else. Exactly. Um, Lorenzo Cain for the either or on Chris Owings, and then we'll move on to our last guy. Lorenzo Cain doesn't have a homer yet, but is six for six on the on the bases. Has doubled more than doubled his walk rate to a career best sixteen percent. Huge spike right now. Uh, strikeout rate still solid. Two seventy eight four zero two. Take Cain. It's just it's just um, it's safer. It's safer. Much. And if you're talking about well, trade market, like if you went that. out on the trade market with these things, it'd be very obvious that, that Kane was valued more. Um, that's true. And I'm not and I'm not saying that's all that always means you're right, but I, I, I would uh, I'd take Kane. I think when he's in there there may be an injury thing where he's out and maybe the at the end of the year they have very similar numbers when you look up and then you'd want the guy so who can play short, but still. He's never played more than hundred and forty games. I mean, I did say after after 2015, sell. I mean, we we were all over that. So. Correct. Um, Hot take alert. Me, 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 me. I'm taking over. Oh alert. my okay. lord! I'm doing it. We've we're yeah. uh, we're willing to push it a little bit recently. I will have to say, hey. I may have been wrong to push Dylan Bundy so hard. He was down to 90 in his last start, and I know that he kind of picked up a little bit of velocity late in the game. But even at the 92 that he's been all year. That's down like two ticks from last year. And, and velocity mm-hmm. loss is one of the biggest indicators of injury. And this guy has crazy injury history. So That's been our biggest concern with him, right? Yeah. We've been all around the, the, the map with, with, with Bundy from seeing him at that Arizona oh, Fall he League where so bad. he looked terrible. 
and, and to now being back on in the our train defense, a bit. Man, I do like the skills. If there's anybody who would take you for a yo-yo ride like like that, it would be Dylan Bundy. It's a guy who was a number one pick, who had yep. excellent stuff, and who has had worse injuries and, according to some, worse mechanics than anybody out there. So you know, it's a it's a it's a hell of a ride with him. Yeah, he's got us all over the map right now. So, but um, you know, since we were but, but we so did, crazy we did, we, for him, he's had a couple good starts. You might be able to sell him yeah. for something. I, I think I would would shop him around a little bit. I think you could still sell because yeah, we were we were aggressive. Um, the name is still hot out there though, and and if you are concerned about the velocity drop at all. D- dangle his name out there. I think you can get something for Dylan Bundy for sure. So, but yeah, I- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Owings over Kane. Mm. Uh, I do like Kane, but I like that power speed. I just I'm, I'm hyped on Arizona too with with their offense. At least I know the Humidor coming in. Oh, but, and uh, the Royals' I'm, offense looks like poop. It's so bad. Oh it's my god. So bad. that team looks well, except for Mike Mustak. That team looks as just as bad as we've been saying they were, except they weren't, and now they are. It just took three years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I make this comp a lot, but it's like the people who are always like, Chris Sale's going to get hurt. And then like the one time he does in three years, and I'll be like, I told you, <laughs> yeah, right, uh, I told we're you, man, right about the Royals. See, <laughs> I told you, yeah, it only took it only took us forever <laughs> to be right about the Royals, but we knew it, we knew it. Uh, yeah, but they they look bad. They they're gonna they're gonna be sellers, and they 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 got some pieces to move. Well, who do you think they move? By the way, because they do have so many guys coming free. Do you sell like Mustakas on a high end, or do you try to sign him like Kelvin? Who Herrera. do you think they try to sign and sell? Herrera would be an easy sell. They could get a mint yeah. for him. I think you. I think you actually may uh, try to build around Duffy and Mustakas. I know that Duffy's velocity is down, but he's been the Still only the pitcher they've done. been ever to, and they already signed him. And somebody has to stay. So I think you know you shop Kennedy and you shop you know Herrera. Do you shop Hosmer then? Yeah, yeah. Over Mustakas, you got. You got I don't think you want to give him a hundred million dollars. I don't think so either. I'm just so not in on Hosmer as as like a centerpiece, especially at first base. If he played third like Mustakas does, that'd be different, or or even the outfield. But as a first baseman, no thanks. All right, last guy, Cesar Hernandez. Okay, and I gotta give credit to Chris Liz. I just yes, but we have to be so quick because I, I Taekwondo is happening, and I gotta go get oh, my Taekwondo's child happening. And take him to Taekwondo. All right, but I want to say this. Let me give you the numbers. I love Cesar and you tell me what's going you on. Tell me quick. You tell me quick, and I tell four I tell homers. Quick. Three stolen bases, yep. three twenty-one average. He's been beasting. He's selling out for it with a big strikeout rate, lower walk rate, a lot of good stuff here. Are you buying? Well, I said in, I said that he would figure out uh, his base pass stuff, and I think we've seen some evidence of that. Three out of four is good, uh, and um, and he made that a, a, a thing that he wanted to think about in the offseason. Uh, I think also this is a guy who had more power than people wanted to give him credit for because of his size. And I think that if you look at his ground ball fly ball rate, he's 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 allowed to 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 put some balls in the air now, and he's not trying to be Billy Hamilton, which he never was. So I think that um, you know there was a couple home runs. You know, we'll change the ledger early on like this, but I think we're going to see double digit power from him. In fact, I think we might see something that looks a lot like Owings. Um, and- Rank Peraza scope. And, and Hernandez, because you got one power, one speed, and then one combo. Rank those All three. All right, so for me, I'm in my head, I'm giving uh, um, Hernandez a real good shot at a 300 batting average, 12 homers, and like 25 stolen bases. Okay. So that's 337. 
um, yes. if I'm adding those together like I often do to do things quickly. And um, I'm not going to give Scope a 300 average. Uh, but 270 to 25. Yeah, he has he has improved his contact rate a little bit. Um, but I'm not going to give him 37. Uh, he's not going to steal any bases. He might get to 30 homers. So I'm going to take. He might get 30. I yeah. might get Hernandez over over Scope there. And uh, what was the other one? Peraza. Okay, so Peraza's going to try and do it all with his legs. He goes the other way, right? Yeah. He could get 37 with his legs, though. Like, that's not out of bounds, but what kind of average are you going to get? With I think I'm taking Hernandez, right too. Now. And nobody likes Hernandez, I but I, I've got, like, five Chris shares List of him, does. and I'm all over him. Yeah, I, Chris List pumped him up, put put a seed in my head. I didn't I didn't follow through, and I'm mad. I rank him Hernandez, Scope, Peraza. It's funny I'm, how many I'm shares I have of him Hernandez. where I was just like, Dude, I think he'll be okay. And I'm just, nobody's yeah. picking him. I'll take him. <laughs> Nobody liked him. And, and uh, again, except for Liz and, and you, but he's been great. So, uh, all right. Well, I'll let you finish. I'll let you get out to Taekwondo. Next week, we'll do pitchers that are starting fast, and we'll, we'll talk about them. We'll probably do, we'll be able to do more this way by splitting it up. We'll be able to do five, uh, five or six more than we were going to do. So, I'll let you out, and I'll talk to you next week. You know, take we care. Snuck some pitchers in. You can't, you know, we can't resist. All right. Of course, we talked closers yeah, too. Right. <laughs> we, we always get some <laughs> pitching right. in. We just can't do the full thing. All right, thanks for listening. All right, man. Have a good All one. Right.